Welcome to the SBP podcast, the voice of mobile film. This is episode eight, and I am Susie Botello. I'd like to take you to Australia to talk with Chris Dollery. He's the first place winner of the International Mobile Film Festival in San Diego in April 2017. Chris was also nominated for Best Experimental Film at the Global Mobile Film Awards, which is an award ceremony for mobile filmmakers around the world. At the time of this podcast, Chris didn't even know that his film was awarded for Best Global Experimental Film. You can see the show and watch Chris's film, No Budget, at www.gmfaawards.com. But for now, let's talk to Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hi, Susie. How are you? I am great here in San Diego, and you are in Australia. Where is uh, it's Bondi, right? Well, Bondi is where I live. You happen to catch me down in Melbourne uh, at the moment, which is the the southern capital and the hay fever capital of um, of <laughs> Australia. Um, but yes, uh, and you're in San Diego, right? Yeah, yeah, we're in on the... tender hooks from every possible disaster right here. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, especially today. It's just been a wild and crazy day. We got the fires going on in LA, earthquakes and or small earthquakes, jolting earthquakes in San Diego, and so yeah, it, we're just ready for anything here. <laughs> um, yeah, a, a misdirected tweet. Anything could happen. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So... Well, I hope they're not so rude, natural or otherwise, to interrupt us. No, no. Uh, this happens with voice a lot because we can't see each other face. We don't, we're not getting those cues, um, but it's all good. Um, so uh, for our listeners who, who naturally are from all, all parts of the world, we get a lot of listeners here from the U.S., but we have listeners from, from the Pacific uh, through the Middle East, through, you know, over there in Australia and um, Europe. And, you know, they're just everywhere. It's amazing. Um, but for them, uh, just to give everybody a, a heads up on who Chris Stollery is, uh, you were, well, you won uh, first place in our film festival. So since, since you weren't able to, to be there, I want to congratulate you now with my voice. Congratulations, Chris, for that. Well, thank you, Susie. It was quite an honor, uh, quite a thrill. Yeah, you made a film. Uh, now, was it, I'm a little confused, was it shot with an iPhone 4 or a 4S? It was shot with a 4S, uh, which is basically ancient technology already. But um, <laughs> um, it, it served the purpose for what we needed, which was a no-budget uh, way of doing it. Yeah, and that, that's a great segue. The film was called No Budget. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you were, and you've also, uh, because of your win at the International Mobile Film Festival, you were selected as a nominee for Best Experimental Film in the Global Mobile Film Awards, which is happening right now. And uh, we'll put a link to that on the notes in the podcast. Uh, so, congratulations again. <laughs> No, it's it's the little film that keeps on giving, and so it's it's nice to see it still has a life. It's been a couple of years since we made it, so it's well, it's, um, it's it's, it's yeah. a really inspiring film, though, because you know 
I mean, and not just because of the title, but even though it was done very well, I mean, it really was the sound and, and everything was very well done. Um, it does have that no budget, you know, sort of on the fly feel, but it, I can tell, um, that it took a lot of work. Um, so, uh, before we talk about your film though, why don't you, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what brought you into mobile filmmaking? Oh, okay. Well, uh, I, uh, primarily I've been, um, an actor for the last several decades now. Um, I mainly in theatre. I mean, I've done a lot of TV here in Australia and um, a couple of films as well. But uh, most of my time has been spent in the theatre, um, which is uh, is my first love. But I also have this sort of um, nerdy, geeky streak that sort of loves every little bit of technology that comes along. And so I'm an early adopter, and um, the the capacity for doing stuff on, on the phone. I mean, I always had a various handy cams through my, um, younger years, the high eights and all of those things. And, uh, they, they never quite delivered the promise that they had or the, the previous analog. I just spent so much money on outdated equipment. Like when I think of what I spent, say nearly 20 years ago when I tried to start making, um, you know, films using the the digital technology, and they're just nothing really worked together seamlessly. To, to to it was it was a very frustrating sort of thing to try and use as a as a, a home user hand anyway. But um, when when we got to the, the iPhone and uh, the the full digital spectrum of things, that it, it it's just incredible what you can do, and um, and so I. I, I've made a couple of other films as well, not on iPhones, obviously. Um, and I did a, a couple of years ago. Now I went back and did, <clears throat> excuse me, a, um, a post-grade course at AFTRS, which is the National Film School here in Australia. And continue to do all of the above, a bit of acting, acting for film, for television, theatre, and also writing and directing films. That's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, the, the other difference between theater and being directed on a film is a stage right and the stage left and you have to think the opposite right mm, that's interesting actually it's a it's a it, quite an indicator about the um the camera centric nature of of film and tv uh on stage when you're directing an actor you you talk about the surroundings from the actor's point of view so they don't have to think anymore so stage right if you're a director, you're actually talking about what is to your left. It's it's the actors, right? So they they just can process the information quickly. Whereas everything is the camera is a very selfish uh, organ that that everything is from, from the camera's point of view, and we all have to accommodate what the camera can and can't do. Um, but uh, I also a different differentiation between the two mediums for me is that. I find that theatre is very much uh, an actor's medium because it is you and your audience and uh, and you have a direct line to that audience. You know, there's, there's just the proscenium arch between you and them. Whereas as an actor in film and television, there's a very, very complicated process that takes several months before it's finally delivered to the, to the audience and you're often not there for it. You know, they're alone in their room, in their living room or in a cinema. Uh, you don't get to experience that. 
So I, as an actor, I prefer the stage. But when it comes to directing, uh, for all the other, <laughs> the, the exact converse reasons, I love to direct because you're sort of part of every bit of the process. You're, um, you've got to think about all of these different layers to the editing, the sound, the script. You know, every bit has to work together. You really are pulling a lot of threads. And, and I really enjoy that, that challenge. And, and on this one, <laughs> as you can imagine, um, having seen it, the, the threads were pretty diverse. Yeah, well, I mean, so first of all, you've got a lot of wonderful... I used to be a script supervisor, so continuity was one of the first things that I noticed because... All right, yes. Oh, yeah, you were, you're going from one location to the next, and I was keeping track of where your headphone, your, you know, your earplug was the entire time. Your <laughs> shirt was, you know, perfect, and everything looked like you were walking within a few seconds between one location to the next where... I know that wasn't the case because you could see the the naturally visually you could see the difference between each location. So um, how did you uh, how did you? I mean, first of all, where did you even get the the concept of doing this? I mean, it was an experimental <laughs> film, right? But I and I understand that part. But I'm sure. I mean, you had to do a lot of planning for it, right? Oh yeah. What what is, what is in the, the... One of the d delights, I think, that you know, is that what they're talking about in the film is what we were going through. <laughs> you know, on some levels you have to plan, but on other levels you have to be able to go with what you get and incorporate a, a, a spontaneity. Um, and it is a trade-off all the time between these two things. You, you can't just run out with a camera and, and start filming because there's just things that are going to get in your road very quickly. You have to account for a whole lot of things but then leave space to play. Um, I don't know how much to give away. I mean, one of the delights I've had is, is of people throwing up their versions of how we produce this. Um, so I sort of feel like a bit of a magician who, who doesn't want to give the, the game away by explaining too much, um, especially when I say we did it with no money and it sort of looks impossible, like David Copperfield making the Statue of Liberty disappear. It looks impossible, but it, it somehow it is done without any destruction to the statue. Um, but uh, I, well, one of the first of all, I'm very, very pleased to have passed your continuity test. That's um, that that's, that means a lot to me because I know what uh, eagle eyes uh, script consultants have. Um, well, these are theatre actors. I mean, they've done a lot of film as well, uh, Richard and Josh. And I think that actors in the theatre have a great body memory because we have to memorize a, a production that we then carry across, you know, you know, months at a time, uh, sometimes many different venues. You have to carry the sense of where you were in space and what you had in your hand and all of those sort of things. Very choreographed. Uh, that, yeah, that it's, it's, it's very choreographed. So once we'd done it a, a few times, they were, and we had to come back to those bits of the, they were able to remember that stuff without, you know, we didn't have any, it was just me and them. Like we didn't have any team behind us. It was very, very simply done. But uh, I, I could, I could trust them to keep all those things consistent through every scene. Um, and I, I think that really is because of their theater training that they, that that's, they just have a physical memory. Oh yeah, I, I believe it. There's a there's so much blocking in theater. Well, there's blocking in in both 
but um but you could tell they were they were i mean they they knew what they were doing either that or you had a, a great script supervisor going along and tagging along um <laughs> oh we didn't know it was us it was just little old me and them well, I keeping it. each other honest about about you know the, the right costumes but because we did film it over a long period of time in fact it was i think it was nine months really yeah i think all the shooting was done in nine months um yeah wow you're blowing me uh, away we, here because well <laughs> i mean so, i i realized that you had all these different locations and blah 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 but i was thinking you know it well like in san diego right you can go to the mountains and grab snow and within 45 minutes or so go down and dump it at the beach right mm-hmm. um so but i and, and i know australia has some diversity as well but it's a huge country <laughs> i mean yes. the city yes. is big but i i i i still i imagine maybe it took a couple of days at the most just because of how seamless each cut was between the locations you know, each right. city. So, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I don't want to give too much away because I, I, I think the delight is in not knowing. But when you spotted that there are, there are a couple of places that probably weren't in Australia, I guess you must have well, noticed yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it did take a bit of time. Uh, and uh, at one point I was – actually, there is someone I did. I, I, there was one bit that I didn't film because I wasn't with them. So I had to do that via Skype and Dropbox from Berlin. I was in Berlin at the time. Wow. Um, yeah, that was that was quite interesting. But the uh, you know we we got a lot of footage and the, the it's it's amazing how how it sort of did come together. Uh, I had the idea. I guess I had the bookend and the beginning and end pretty clear in my mind. And the conversation that they had, uh, it, it, it when I wrote that, it, it sort of flowed out of me because I guess I've been immersed in those sort of conversations for as long as, you know, I've been in the business about, you know, low budget versus big budget and the, the, the pros and cons and the trade-offs between, you know, doing, having the creative freedom of a low budget film, but, you know, the, obviously the benefit of a big budget to be able to achieve the, the look and feel of what you want. Um, so those conversations were very much in, in my mind and I had, uh, well, and the, and the conversation was about making a movie with a phone and the whole argument with it was just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very meta and very like explicitly self-referential. Yes. It was almost like a great strategy to, uh, submit it to mobile film festivals, you know, like, <laughs> Oh, you're right. definitely going to get selected. <laughs> uh, well, I, they didn't really exist when we, when we made it. Um, yeah. It was uh, – I had in mind some, you know, sending it to which, – which it did. It played in uh, the, the big festivals here, St Kilda Film Festival and Flickerfest and um, a few others that are in Australia. I went to Palm Springs as well, I think. Um, so it was – the traditional uh, venues is where I was thinking of it. Um, it, it the mobile phone making as, a, as an art form is really starting to take off, which is, is interesting. Yeah, well, um, there were some film fests. I mean, my I, when I first started, this was a, back in 2009, you know, and uh, I threw it out to the world. And literally, my first film festival had like nine films. <laughs> and then right. uh, this last one that I had, um, there were 260-something submissions, 
you know, so it's grown a lot and also our reach has grown a lot. But we had one filmmaker come all the way from Macedonia. Somehow he found us. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah, and uh, and that was for the very first film festival. But we couldn't even get a venue until 2012, you know. Uh-huh. I was looking for someone to sponsor it, and no one would believe me. They thought I was crazy. You know, you can't put a film that's shot on a phone, you know, on a big screen. No way. And I was like, yeah, 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 you can. Yes, you can. And, you know, but finally had it done. Um, and you filmed this back in, was it 2011? Uh, 2012. 2012. So that's a yeah. long time ago now. And <clears throat> as I said, this is ancient technology. Right, <laughs> but it, but it's st- it's stacked up well on the huge screen at the Astor in Melbourne where um, it premiered. You know the t- technology even then. I mean, I I could recognise that it was. If you'd showed that to someone from 1991, oh. they would have been beside themselves about the picture quality. Even then, yeah. let alone the 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 the, um, the versatility of you know the recording device. Um, so uh, yeah, and and the, the films I've seen in uh, shot on this format, you know, the iPhone sevens and sixes. I mean, they're extraordinary. It, it is truly amazing. I mean, I've, I've, I really only scratched the surface of what you can do in terms of the aesthetic of the actual frame and the actual color. And I mean, that uh, film Tangerine that was done on the iPhone six, for example, um, you know, with amorphic lenses, anamorphic lenses. Um, yeah. There's, there's an open slather of possibilities there. Yeah, well, our, the last episode was um, that we had on our podcast uh, is a filmmaker from uh, L.A. Well, not L.A. He's in New York, but uh, it stars uh, Hollywood actors, and it's a feature, full feature-length film. And um, I don't even think he used lenses for it. He did most of the, the achieved the aesthetics of the film through post-production. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And Conrad Mess, back in 2011, when he shot his first film, The Fixer, he shot that not with a 4S, but with a 4. And he put it in Adobe After Effects and achieved the look of that film, which has that blockbuster action film type of um, of look and feel. Yeah. Um, and it's um, so most of these things are are achieved in post production as well, which is see that's the really cool thing about about this is that there are you know many ways to go about it. Um, in your film. Uh, the quality of the film isn't just the aesthetics because it's 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 meant to look like a no budget film. It's yes. the way that you compiled the story. The story flowed, and now that you just shared that this took months <laughs> to shoot, <laughs> and it just looks like it's casually done all in one day. That's 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 pure mu- movie magic. Um, right. Oh well. Thank you. The, the, the magic element of that is something that I, 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 I you know, I'm very touched that you, you see it that way because I do think it is a, is a bit of a magic. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. And also the sound. So how did you achieve the sound? It's pretty consistent all throughout. Yes, it's pretty good. Um, originally, we tried a few little tests about. Um, I, I was going to record with um, a Zoom, or, or you know, try and. Originally, I thought that that's what I'd have to do is to is to 
get lapel mics or something like that. And then in the end, I just used the, the two guys' phones in their pocket. Cool. So they just – the voice recorder on their phone, if, were, if I was shooting from a, some distance away. Um, using not the, the, the earbuds? Using the earbuds. Um, uh, no, just the, the phone the phone in their, in their top jacket pocket. Um, you know, uh, Josh was always on the, uh, the left of, uh, Richard. So he had his phone in his right hand pocket and Richard had his in his left. So they were looking towards both of the other microphones. So I had two tracks there that I could mix between. And then, as I said, they're theater actors. So they, they learned this script very thoroughly. Uh, and then I did a, a little bit of in situ ADR, like wild lines on, on the day in some of the locations where it was particularly noisy. Um, and a lot of them, <laughs> a lot of them, they were all noisy. Well, that noisy, was thinking yes. the subway. <clears throat> and <laughs> oh yeah. All of it. Well, surprisingly it, it held up most of the dialogue, but there were a couple where I wanted to change words, things like that. Um, and then there was, uh, the actual live, uh, the, um, accordion player, um, in Paris who uh, yeah. also you know, does the, the play out music at the end. So it was all recorded on the phone. Wow. Not the same phone that we filmed on, but no, on an no. iPhone nonetheless, yeah. No, no, yeah. And see, I've talked to so many people about mobile filmmaking. I can even give you insights on that. Um, uh, in 2015, uh, Luis Juarez from IndieFone uh, in, um, in L.A. came to our film festival, and he was shooting at the time uh, a feature film as well and he was explaining that's how he is he had his actors doing the same thing that you're explaining uh, uh -huh. but he didn't say that he was doing the trickery that you were doing with the left and the right uh, and all that so that see I <laughs> I learn a lot from talking to people to you guys <laughs> Right, yeah, you, you know, still have a I, In a couple years, yeah. here, I'll be able to make uh, make my own film. I mean, I've I've worked in the industry, but to to actually undertake that, you know, especially with mobile film, that's that's a lot of work. That's a lot of trial and error. It, it, look, it was there was a, there was a lot of time sitting down editing this. There really was. I mean, the, the nine months was the shoot. I then spent a, a lot of time. Well, I did edit as we went, but there was a lot of trial and error, and. Um, yeah, it took quite a bit of time sitting down with the headphones on, going through, getting those cuts exactly right. And uh, do we see you at all in the film, or you're just directing? No, I never, <clears throat> I never appear. No. Um, uh, in fact, curiously, I'm yet to write something for myself. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why that is. I, I should be more... Well, yeah, it's one of the things I tell a lot of actors. It's like, why wait for someone to cast you when you can cast yourself and make your own film? You can produce it and direct it like a lot of actors already do, even in, in, in the indie industry anyways. Yes, I'll get there. I guess each time I, I do come up with an idea, I have a very clear vision of the person who I think would be great in it. So uh, I usually go and approach who I know will deliver what's in my mind. Uh, and it, it's sort of a bit simpler to just concentrate on wearing one hat. But I, ultimately, I do want to get to the point where, you know, I can jump in and out and um, and do the do the roles that that I uh, 
would love to play generally that um, looks like I'll have to write for myself. Well, yeah. I mean, at least until you start getting cast on, on the big films, you, you're getting an international uh, fame with this, li this little film. Are you going to make more <laughs> uh, of these mobile films? Uh, with, well, look, if the idea comes up, look, I have, I have made uh, another couple of little ones that I haven't released um, that were sort of, again, experiments. We're really testing uh, ideas um, to see what they look like. Um, um, look, I may well do. I, I, it, it, is, it is such a, a simple way and, um, of working. I, I just created a, there's a theatre company in, in Sydney that um, I released their promotional um, for the season, their promotional uh, video, which uh, I did a similar thing to this. And it was because and it was an independent theatre company, didn't have a lot of money. So I said, look, I'll do it for next to nothing. And we did it in a similar style. Um, but it's not, it's not a releasable film, but, uh, no, I think the, the other ideas I have that are feature length, I, I think I would go that one, I'm planning to go that one step further and do it with a proper budget and, uh, with, um, with all the bells and whistles there. Yeah. I, I still have that dream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, I mean this, for a lot of people, this is the, the stepping stone, you know, uh, it's yeah. a way to get there. And with each film, you get better and better and better. Um, and and once you, I mean, it's never perfect. There's always, I mean, if it was perfect, you wouldn't even do it. Because obviously, from what I can see uh, with your experiments, you like the challenge. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I do like the the, the, the puzzle, the challenge, solving these uh, interesting problems. I do, I do like that very much. You're right. Yeah. So it's not as attractive once you've got it all figured out. It's like, okay, great. Next. <laughs> yes. Those other sort of, there are those other challenges on a, on a bigger budget, which I prefer to run away from, which are the dealing with all the, oh, the, you know, the, when you've got a big budget, there's all the distribution aspects. There's all the, usually the, where the money comes from comes with a lot of uh, conditions on it. Um, and negotiating the politics of that is not necessarily a puzzle that I leap to, <laughs> to try and solve. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, what else can you share, share about the film? I mean, I know you, you wrote it and you yes. also directed it and you edit the, you edit it. You said you had to do some ADR. What else did you, so if you, did you use any apps to film it at all? I mean, I don't even think there were any apps back then, were there? No, there wasn't an app. The only thing I used that wasn't the phone itself were these um, very cheap little lenses. They were magnetic lenses that attached ah. to, to the thing. So there were a couple uh, of, because um, uh, you, you need variation of, of shot size and you, you need a variation of focal length to hold for anything longer than a, than a minute or two, I think. Yeah. I mean, I know there's the what was the what was the film that um, that um, that was all shot on a 28 mil lens. What was the one? What's it called? With Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. oh. Out in the what's it called? Out in the nature. I can't find the name. Yeah, apparently that that whole film was on 28 mil. But generally, you need a variation of shot size to keep the interest up. So these little lenses really did that. There was uh, and that were very inexpensive and just attached with a magnet to the iPhone itself. Um, so there was no apps um, or wasn't even a lot of um, tweaking in the, uh, I used Final Cut Pro to edit it. 
there wasn't even a lot of tweaking in the grade really. Hmm. I sort of let it let it look the way it did. Yeah. And what about stabilization? Oh, now there's um there's a lot of great. I mean, there's so many great gadgets now that do do that. Yeah. No, that was just uh, I I had a little sort of a little uh, thing called a glyph, which um, gives you a proper um, shoe mount on on the iPhone. So you attach it with a couple little rubber pieces, and it becomes a frame on which you can put a tripod. Um, and usually we were moving, but just having a little bit of weight on that seemed to give enough stabilization um, on its own. But some yeah, of the things you get now are incredible. Your, yeah, keeping your fingers off of it because we have these natural vibrations. And I know the iPhone 4 and the 4S, uh, they were super sensitive to anything. Um, yes. So that's why I was wondering because you don't really see too much of that shaking in the in the film. No, just giving a little bit of weight by having it wasn't just the phone on its own; it had a little bit of weight to it, so that it, it yeah. dampened any effect of you know um, vibration, uh, and that was enough. And usually, just you know, just hold it still. That was it. It was all handheld, apart from this this wow. little thing that gave it some weight. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm really impressed. <laughs> Well, not that, not that that was your goal or anything, but coming from all the stories I've heard from films, I mean, jeez, uh, that's amazing. Uh, well, so all in all, did you have to buy pizza or anything for the crew? I mean, what was your budget? Was it like $10 or 100 bucks or? Well, we didn't add it up, but the only budget was coffee. Nice. That, was, that was all we paid for, yeah. <laughs> we even snuck, snuck on the subway. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that was, that was sort of one of the, 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 uh, dogmas of the film was to, was to keep it completely no budget. And obviously you didn't have to worry about location permits, right? <laughs> um, perhaps at times one should, and perhaps we should have, if we were to be entirely <laughs> above board on some of them, but, um, uh, no, we, did, we didn't I do don't that. think you were uh, causing any big disturbance enough to feel bad about it. No, well, of course, this is the other thing about filming on an iPhone is that you can fly under the radar. As soon as you bring any other equipment around, it, it, it uh, attracts attention yeah. and expense. So this we were able to sort of turn up pretty much anywhere and then just film and be done in 15 minutes. Well, and also you didn't even have a microphone. You, you basically, these guys had their microphones That's right. in yeah. there. So there's no, I mean, you could have just been playing around. And, and everybody's yeah. well, we were, yeah. We well, sort yeah, of were. you yeah. were sort of. <laughs> <laughs> At least it appears like that. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, any, any, what about? So, just share with me just a couple little um, challenges that you had that you were a little bit unprepared for, and how you overcame those. Uh, well. Well, the first one was the sound. As I said, I, I'd actually bought a Zoom, thinking I'd need that, uh, and so it was a it was it was a surprise in the opposite direction that it ended up being much simpler than I than I thought getting the sound. Um, the other challenges were because they're always on the move, like they're walking the whole time. Finding the vantage points from which to film was sometimes challenging, and also given that I didn't have a, a crew, a retinue of people who could, you know, I could yell at to hand me another lens or to put this, keeping track of 
our own stuff, my bag and, you know, anything else that I had was, was a bit of a challenge. Um, the, uh, the other challenge was Richard, Richard loves to, um, he loved a, a long sort of lead in to every take that we did. So he would, uh, I, I'd call action and he wouldn't, you know, uh, what was that? I think it's a Marlon Brando quote said, you know, just because someone says action, it doesn't mean you have to do anything. Uh, and I think he was following that to the letter so that he would just wait till the impulse took him before he would launch into whatever we had to do. So consequently, I was very aware of battery time and memory limits on the phone <laughs> for filming nothing while he waited for the impulse to strike him to begin speaking. Um, that, that was a bit of a challenge. But in the end, he had a very spontaneous performance and a very natural performance, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that next, but since you brought it up, I'll ask you now about the memory. How did you deal? Did you carry a laptop around or uh, upload it to the cloud? How did you deal with all that? Uh, we no, I didn't. We just did it. We we'd go and knock it off in short bursts. So we'd um, empty the phone and usually uh, I don't know what size. They probably were very big. In, in, no. Probably only 32 gig phones then would have no, been. No, I don't think so. I think they were like, you know, 16. 8 gigs and 12 gigs or something like that. Yeah, look, you may be right. Um, but uh, that would be enough to keep the concentration short and sharp for that day. Yeah. Um, you know, we wouldn't film for, for more than, you know, an hour or two. And it, well, that would, a lot of that would be location scouting and, you know, working out the action. You know, that was before we'd roll over. And then. Well, you know, I'd get maybe four or five takes or, you know, a yeah. couple of different shot sizes of that. And that was enough. Um, we could have a very short day. Um, and weren't hiring anyone. Shop and-, <laughs> and that's right. And I'd, I'd download the phone, download their audio, or get them to email it to me and then sit and edit it that night. Yeah, that's true because you had all these locations within a few seconds of each, you know, during a conversation. So I imagine that probably was very helpful. It was, yes. And uh, we didn't always know what we were going to get. And, and that was sort of one of the delights is, is, is ha- I had an overall plan, but in the middle of it, I had to go, well, that could work. And then you, you, that wouldn't work. You had to find something else or you'd find something else that worked better for the previous idea. So there was a lot of trade-offs. And, but in the end, there was nothing that I left out that I really loved. I, I think somehow it all just mysteriously came together in its own way. And I think all the best performances, it's not like there's a great performance that's left out somewhere for no the sake of cry. continuity. No <laughs> one had to cry. But the continuity wasn't, you know, the performances weren't sacrificed for continuity. or It, it, it all seemed to, the best bits came together at, at the right time. And you're also looking at it, I mean, right now the screens, I mean, on, on a, even an yeah. iPhone 6 is so much bigger than on an iPhone 4 and a 4S. That's you know, right. Yes. And um, but you didn't have to worry about shooting gear or anything like that because it wasn't it wasn't staged that way. You didn't have you know lights you know and and things like that to worry about. And it was all so natural. You almost had no worries with that. Well, that's right. The whole conceit meant that any any glitches or you know lens flares or whatever were part of the charm. So yeah, we yeah. did give ourselves a, 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 a an out there. Well, is there anything else that you'd uh, you can think of that you might like to point out? 
Oh, um, uh, well, there is one. There is one performance that that, uh, that I do slightly regret not having. Um, originally, the performances. Oh, how do I say that? There are two uh, wannabes who turn up at the end of the film, um, who may not be immediate. They're both wearing sunglasses, but uh, you, uh, I think most people would recognise Hugo Weaving. Uh, and David Wenham as the two sort of uh, interlopers at the end. That that sequence was originally meant to have been played by Kate Blanchett. Wow. Uh, yes, uh, and then as it came out, as it turned out, the timing of that, we, we just couldn't get the timing to work for when she was around. But, um, yeah, so that is a, that is a slight... After nine months, regret. you couldn't have waited a little longer? <laughs> Well, no, there was a deadline on the film festival that we were going into, and uh, and then I think she was taking off on a, you know, publicity tour and shooting something in some other part of the world, and, and yeah, we we did try every, you know, variation of how we might get around that, but uh, no, we just left it too late. And uh, anyway, I'm, I'm very happy with Hugo, and, and uh, they're 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 a good second choice, but uh, don't don't tell Hugo that, but you know. <laughs> well, we'll we'll hide the podcast interview. <laughs> their audition, but really, their they may not be as famous as her, but their audition was much better than her audition. Yes, that's right. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> you do say something about that about inserting uh, famous people or something like that in the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's right. Again, very meta, very self-referential. Yeah, yeah, it's called. It's like an inside joke. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I like those levels and things. Yeah, yeah that was cool. Okay, we, um, we're going to play a little game here. We call it okay. shout-out time. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you 20 seconds. Uh, I know you got, <laughs> uh, what was that, hay fever? What did you call it? Yeah, it's hay fever. Yeah, hay it's fever? quite uh, – I, I should go get – without a hacking cough interrupting us. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I hate to put you on the spot. We're, we're going to have to um, make you sweat here for a second. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> this game, you've got 20 seconds to give a shout-out to whomever you want, um, as many people as you want, but, of course, you got to somehow, you know, give them all away in 20 seconds. So are you uh, ready to play this game? Okay, 20 seconds, right. Um yeah. I think um, I think I can do it. Okay. Okay. And and what do they get? Do they get anything? If they I, if I they get, them... get they get a mention. You know. Um, you know this will be in Hollywood, right? So <laughs> uh, when they uh, when when you invite your friends over uh, or whatever someday could be ten years from now. Oh yeah, I did mention you. I did say you mentioned you in this podcast. Here, I'll play it for you. And to the okay, ones who go. don't Good. make okay. it, the ones who don't make it, you say, sorry, I only had 20 seconds. <laughs> right. Okay. So That's good. Yeah. So it's a valuable 20 seconds for most people. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of sure. like, Let's you know, go. when you win an academy, this is good practice for your academy award. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I've got to give them, I'll give them a little bit of context without chewing up too much time as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You ready? So get set and yes. go. 
Well, from the film, Richard Pyros in London, Josh McConville, Yalen Ozicelic, Hugo Weaving, David Wenham, of course. To all the Aspen Shortfest people, Laurie Rosedale, Oscar Sharp, CP Michael Matheson, Jason Van Genderen, uh, Bernardo, Max Romy, and from uh, Sydney at Paper Moose, Nick Hunter, Seton K. Smith, uh, my pals, uh, Tony... Ma- ah! Wow. How many did I get? I'm just like... I'm just, I think you named like 100 people in 20 seconds. (laughs) That's amazing. How did you do that? You must be a very well-versed actor. (laughs) Oh, well, I have visions of the people. You know, some of those I haven't seen. They're over in the States and I haven't seen them for many years. And uh, so, you know, maybe maybe they'll be listening to the podcast. Well, maybe, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe you can come to San Diego for next April. Well, okay. Well, I haven't been to San Diego, so that would be a lovely thing to do. Yeah, if you come to San Diego, you know who's actually going to come to San Diego. Um, We're not giving anything away here because it's not a surprise. Um, But, you know, Angela and Allison from SF3, the smartphone Oh, okay. Oh, very good. Yeah. Oh, great. They're going to be here. They're going to, we're going to share. I'm a giver. I'm a sharer. (laughs) I'm going to share our film festival with them. Oh great! Well, I think uh, I think it's um well, it's fantastic that that you you all, all three of you, are giving a platform. I mean, you know, we can all make these things, but it's really pointless unless someone uh, curates it and um, and shares it and publicizes it. So, you know, we're we're all very indebted to you. Yeah, well, you, you know, so it's one happy community. You know that 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 is has been growing for a long time, and I know, like what you said earlier about you know, it's it's starting to finally you know, emerge. And, you know, for us who have been doing this for so many years, um, it started with a very small few festivals, you know, film film festivals devoted to, most of them were about mobile media, you know, were, it, it wasn't just a smartphone, right? It's mm-hmm. also, it was GoPros and remember iPods? <laughs> yes, right, uh, yeah. Those, Um but my thing was about the phone because that's the one communication tool that I knew was, um, and I and I don't want to sound arrogant or anything, but I, I knew that this would be the survivor, you know, um, over everything because we all need a phone, you know, for a billion reasons. Uh, I don't I don't know if you even remember like when the cordless phones came out. Was, yes, I do. It, actually, it was yeah. just so much freedom, right? You know, it didn't have to be tangled up in a cord, you know, and you'd walk out of the house with that, but you couldn't go very far. Um, but this is something you could take in your car and go to the beach and have a conversation with mom. Um, and you have a hard yeah. time, you can hear your, your best friend's voice consoling you inside your ear. You know, it's about as close as you're going to get. So we all need a phone for for a, a bunch of reasons and to put the camera on the phone was genius you know and and that's the one camera that i feel would survive everything um you yeah. leave the house you know you forget the camera but you got the phone you forget the laptop you know how are you going to get your email you got the phone uh you know you forget your all kinds of tools you've got a phone you don't even need a pen Remember, you used to always walk around, you know, make sure you had a pen in your pocket somewhere, maybe mm. a little piece of paper or something, and you don't need that. You have a phone, you know. So it's just, it's been, um, 
for a handful of us, it was like that vision that this was going to be big. And we've been yeah. saying that, oh, obviously, that's how you keep going. You see it around the corner every every year, every day, you know, otherwise you just drop off. And um, and so, yes, it's emerging and we're all waiting for that. But I think I think and, you know, I could be wrong, but I think in in a couple in a couple years at the most, like literally at the most, you're going to start seeing. Uh, I don't know if you remember Sugar Man. The uh, oh, the um <clears throat> the doco about um the documentary. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, that one. I wasn't it. Wasn't part of it filmed there in Australia too? I can't remember. Uh well, it was mainly South Africa. South Africa. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, the last. I think it was like one of the last scenes in the movie where they ended up filming it with a with a phone, an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. mentioned, and we all flipped. Oh, this is it! This is going to be the day. This is going to make it mainstream. That was years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And so we're always seeing this around the corner. But I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think you know. Uh, I'll give you the credibility of saying that. That yes, it's definitely becoming uh, mainstream. More well, p- filmmakers that are using this are are getting more respect. Um, and yeah, you can make experiment with it and you can also make, you know, films like Tangerine and, you know, then there's Conrad Mess with his action films and you'll have to watch some of those. You'd be amazed. Mm. Yes, I will. Conrad. Conrad Mess, uh, C-O-N-R-A-D and then Mess is M-E-S-S. If you go and add .com to that. Uh, you'll be able to see his films. And another one that he did, we present, we we used to feature it in our film festival just to blow me people's minds away because I love doing that, um, was called The Other Side. He shot that all in green screen using CGI. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, uh-huh. and it was done sort of like Sin City. It's kind of a vampirish type of a film. He's in Spain. On a, on a phone? Yeah. Wow, okay. I think that one was done on a 5 or a 5S. Wow, okay. Um, I'm keen to have a look, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that one was one of the longest that he did too at that, well, at that time. But yeah, it's it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. You can do anything with this, um, just about. And you have good stories. So anyways, I want to thank you for coming. We've got another question that I'm going to, ask you so bear with me uh but we're going to leave that one question for our patreons uh our patreon page so that our um we call them rock stars and superheroes um can have access to that as bonus material basically so say goodbye well i'll say goodbye and i'll say thank you um once again for providing the forum and the opportunity to have films like this seen there really is no point well very little point without without a forum for it and uh, your enthusiasm and your giving so much time to talking about the subject it's re- i'm really very flattered to be part of it and thank you so much susie well when when i see films and meet people like you it sure makes it so well worth it thank you very much chris great and thank you
Congratulations on the award for Best Experimental Film at Global Mobile Film Awards, Chris. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and would urge you to subscribe so that you can always be among the first to listen to our podcasts when they're published. Also, Chris is sharing some tips with our patrons about cinematography, which you won't want to miss on our Patreon page. Become a patron to support us and also because you will gain access to our bonus podcasts from our guests, which are exclusively tailored to our patrons. Check the podcast notes for links, and you can go to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash sbppodcast. Also, catch more on the film festival at www.internationalmobilefilmfestival.com. See you soon. (laughs) 